52 episodes, 52 ordinary people, 52 real stories about things that affect overall health. Because there is a lot more that goes into being healthy than food and fitness. Inspiration, support, a new perspective, and knowledge. You'll find that and more here on the HealthAbility Project. Welcome to the HealthAbility Project. I'm Robin McKenna. Lots of circumstances compel people to leave their home country and start life anew somewhere else. Some are simply looking for a fresh start, others for a better quality of life. Some are drawn to places out of curiosity or what they have seen about these places in the movies, on TV, or from people who have already immigrated. It's a big decision, a decision that has a significant impact on one's health and well-being, not only as one says goodbye to one life and hello to a new one, but for years to follow. Here to share her story about leaving her home country and building a new life for herself is Iviria Lorenz. Iviria is an entrepreneur with a successful career in accounting. She has her own travel and cruise business. She began her new life in, of all places, Alaska. Iveria spent many years in California and now lives in Colorado with her husband. She is the proud mother of two. Welcome to the HealthAbility Project, Iveria. I am so glad to have you here, and I am so excited to have you share your story of immigrating from Russia to the United States. Uh, you know, there's such a wealth of emotions and, and impact to health and well-being that goes on for people who decide to leave one country and go and start life in another country. And I'd love to hear your story. And thank you. What your journey was like what what brought you to the decision to go uh, from your home country to the United States? And what happened once you got here? Yes, thank you. Um, actually, my story might be a little bit different uh, because I fell in love with idea of moving to America when I was 11 years old. I saw a show about Disney and because I was overweight as a kid, I was a chubby. I saw Disney um, story and I remember just everybody were so happy and they showed so many other children that were like me, you know, overweight, but happy. And I, I was just like, this is the place where I want to visit. And this is a place where I want to be. And this is where I'm go like, you could ask me questions at 11 years old and say, like, are you sure you're going to live in America? And I would tell you 100%, yes, I'll be living one day in America. And there is no way around it. So I fell in love with the idea of going to live in America back yeah. then. <laughs> As a child through Disney. Wow. That's, that's Disney. super impactful. Where in Russia did you and your family live and did you have other siblings? Did they support you in this dream? No, I'm the only one. I don't have any brothers or sisters. I actually only have one cousin and that's it, oh. which is not very common because it's expensive to have children. And usually people with three children and more, that's uh, from um, not wealth family, usually families of alcoholics, at least where I was growing up, it's very uncommon to have so many children. There are some families with three kids and more, maybe I just didn't see it because usually it's very expensive and only those that 
not wealthy, I guess, or mm-hmm. not well or something wrong. That's where you have three or more people in the family, children. So I'm the only one. And uh, when I'm from Kazan, which is Muslim Republic inside of Russia, which I love to talk about it and freak people out because, you know, politically, um, there are some people that make an opinion about Islamic countries. And I just love to tell them, well, actually, I grew up in Islamic Republic and I had tons of Islamic friends and um, you would never guess like like it's not the way you imagine, you know, Um because that's where my children, my, my friends, and one of my boyfriends, actually, first boyfriend was Islamic. <laughs> so funny. But they all look different. They white skin, they light hair, blue eyes, you know. So it's a Republic of Tatarstan, which is right inside of Russia. Mm-hmm. And it's surrounded by Russia. So because of the location, we have a very respectful relationship between our Republic and Russia. And uh, it was all respect and church and politics. And uh, we have our own president. We have our own constitution, though we have, of course, Russian president and Russian constitution, all of that. So it was a very interesting way to grow up. And um, when I was, when I was, I, I think I went to law school at 16 years old. And then I had opportunity when I was around eight, 19 and a half, I had opportunity um, that I might go to America next summer and i didn't know if i will go or not but it was a student exchange program Mm -hmm. that i had the opportunity to apply but one of the things that i had to speak english which i did not i never studied english before so i literally had like three months to learn enough so they could accept me to the student exchange program and I was so dedicated. Now I'm looking back that I was 20 years old. You know, I just turned 20, my birthday in October. So I just turned 20. And in a matter of a few months, I just made this point that I'm going to learn as much as I can. And I'm going to go to this interview and I'm going to pass and uh, we'll see, you know. And uh, <laughs> I locked myself basically uh, for three months, I, I I was able to do that, unfortunately, because, you know, my mom was providing for the house and I, I told her this is what I'm going to do. And she was very supportive of that, which is very unusual, because imagine letting your 20 years old go in a different country and maybe never see her again. Right. right. That's crazy, you know make your mom a little nervous but that's fabulous that she was so yeah supportive. she was super supportive and then i locked myself of three months basically i've started <laughs> you could ask me anything about my country about my family about my dogs i could tell exactly what it is and you would think like i knew exactly what i'm talking about it only then i came to alaska because i did not study geography well i guess because i thought alaska was close to california and close to seattle and if you go well if i don't like it you know here in california well uh denali national park they were so excited to have me that i once i moved to denali national park that's it that was uh like I, I did not go anywhere. And I realized, man, I should really study geography. I tell everybody, guys, you need to study geography because you don't know where you're going to end up. But I came at 20 years old. Yes. So how was that getting ready to go? You got accepted for the program to come to the United States and you landed a program that was going to be in Denali National Park. Were you nervous? Were you afraid at all? Were you just so pumped and excited? You, I mean, you had sounds like you had great support from your family to do this, so that had to be empowering. 
I was more excited than nervous. Now I'm thinking like, would I let my own daughter, she's 23, go to live in another country and not knowing? I'm like, I'm not sure. I don't know. But if it was her dream, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how my mom did that. But I was very excited, more than nervous. But back then in 1999, they had a war. We, we had right before I came, uh, USA um, were in the war and it's um, it, it was really hard political. I mean, I wasn't sure if I'm going to move in. And move, like, I, I wasn't sure, you know, because it was really hard political situation. And I till the very last moment, I wasn't sure if they're going to give me a visa, if they're going to let me get out, you know, because it was a really bad time. And when they let me, um, they gave me visa, you know, I was excited now. I arrived in uh, New York. That was the first place. And I remember I was so hungry and I just want to buy something to eat. And I didn't never seen American money. I don't know what quarter, what five cents, what 10 cents look like. I barely speak English because I know if you ask me about some topics, but if you want to start a conversation with me, I have zero idea. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And everybody have an accent. So I remember going to taking some bus and drivers, bus drivers were awesome. Like the people I met were amazing because I'm literally remember like, I don't know how to pay for the bus, mm -hmm. but I'm having this some, a lot of money given to him. He's basically taking, giving me ticket and then telling me, okay, go, you know, and the show, like, I'm really like food. And he's like, okay, go. So it was just so weird. And I'm buying chicken and watermelon was my first food. And I remember <laughs> that so expensive because when i translate that to russian money i'm thinking oh my god i could leave like in russia for a week for food and here i'm buying just watermelon chicken you know but Did that make you nervous great. that you were gonna run out of money <laughs> no i think i was just young and stupid and uh <laughs> you know and excited i don't even know i'm looking back at myself at 20 and i'm thinking like i was a really brave young girl to do something like that yes and and i'm impressed by that because i'm not sure like would i do it again or let my kids to do that but at the same time i realized that after that i can survive in any country like you could put me somewhere anywhere without language and i will be able to figure things out so that's kind of nice you know yeah. i mean the resilience and the confidence that you gained by doing that is just phenomenal it it's interesting because then I arrived to Anchorage Airport and it's May. I came for Memorial Day. So that's my Memorial Day is my huge holiday. I just remember arriving to Anchorage Airport and driving to Denali National Park and there is a snow everywhere in May and there are no people mm. and it's wilderness. And I'm coming from the big city where three million people, you know, back then, now it's even more. And here I am in the middle of Alaska, nowhere, first time seeing anything like that. And the entire time I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh, somebody going to kill me. I'm going to die. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> but I'm going, I'm like, okay, not turning back. So I did. And my first job was in Denali National Park in a gift shop. Um, did not speak any English well enough. I always stressed out, sweat a lot. I probably stink a lot because um, people maybe even told me that you stink and it takes shower, but I didn't understand. So magically, I would find sometimes deodorant in my cubby. And I'm like, oh, it's like deodorant. I can take it back to Russia with me. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking, oh, my God. That was just, yeah, I'm laughing a lot looking back. But you know what? Hey, 
it's all good. <laughs> and so how was it adjusting? I mean, once you started to learn the language, obviously there was a stress factor learning the language, but once you started to pick up the language, I mean, how were the people that you found yourself with? I mean, you had to make all new friends and yeah. you were, you know, really on your own. So you had to be very self-reliant in a lot of ways. I was uh, tired a lot because where I'm from day and here night, so it was 12 hours difference and it was like really hard to adjust. So I just want to sleep entire time. I And then I did not understand little things like people say, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? What's up? What up? I don't know the slang. So people say, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm good. Thank you. So, you know, it took me a while. Uh, but everybody were nice. I mean, I really did not come across anybody anybody mean or took advantage uh it's just like everybody i met along i was pretty lucky i didn't speak english enough and i think it was very frustrating for people that i work in because imagine you have expecting somebody to you hire them but they don't you know but somehow i was able to operate cash register i was actually number one sale person that summer because uh, I had Japanese tourists that come over and never spoke any English and nobody could understand them what they want and I sold the most magnets that summer like my sales were through the roof I won contest and I got that free dinner and I took entire gift shop wow, number one I mean seriously people who come over got driver bus drivers would come and stop by and bring entire crew of Japanese tourists to me so I can sell them magnets by the boxes. And we're talking like ugly by the boxes, you know? And um, yeah, and I sold, I moved so much inventory on my magnets that year. And because nobody took the time to talk to them, you understand, and I don't speak English. So like, hey, I don't speak Japanese, but hey, doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you somehow found some kind of commonality in the fact that neither one of you, oh, yeah. you or the Japanese tourists knew English. And well, they don't know if I speak right. English or Russian. I don't know. I don't know what they speaking, but I was able so to funny. sell them. <laughs> it really was funny. fun. You got your uh, name out there as the magnet woman. <laughs> I did. Yes, it was. So, so the summer was very fast. I got lost a few times when I was driving to Denali because that was just like, Oh my God, it's so many things, but I adjusted. And the worst thing was to me, I think just knowing that my mom wasn't there. Mm. And uh, later when I got uh, married and was pregnant and I worked at Sears, my first job in Anchorage was Sears mm -hmm. uh, because that's the only thing I could do. And um, sales, you know, and I just remember being tired and going to break room. And I hear those girls where they talk to mom and say, Hey, I'll see you tonight. Mm -hmm. Or, Oh, I'll see you soon. And that hurt me so bad because like I did not have this opportunity to see my mom tonight, you know, and I was like, oh, that's where it was really hard, you know, yeah. feeling. That was a time before WhatsApp. Yes. And the internet really. And, you know, the days of letter writing. <laughs> I had to buy cold cards and then you had to yeah. use it. And then my grandma was uh, in Russia still and Imagine if we would have a WhatsApp. Oh my God, like this. I would talk to my grandma all day long, but I did not. And I was 20. Yeah. And do you really want to talk to your grandparents and your parents when you're 20? No. You know, I mean, you you talk, but not like every day. It's different. So I wish I spoke more to my grandma because she passed away 
And I wish I had opportunity to be a better granddaughter, you know. But the things like right now, my kids, 23 and 20, my son is 20. And uh, when my daughter was in her 20s and, you know, I'm like, oh, she will call. Bear. Oh, like, oh, I want to. And I'm like, you know what? I did exactly the same thing. Let her go. Let her come around. And she's 23 and she's awesome. And she calls me and we talk. But I had to, like, let her be her for a few years just because I did the same thing. <laughs> and that's probably what your grandmother was thinking anyway, right? I mean, because we all went through that. Everybody goes through that, right? Where you have to become your own person and... That's the comfort I'm going to leave with for the rest of my life, because that I don't know, because I don't know. My grandma wanted entire life to see her grand granddaughter. And it was so sad because uh, I was pregnant with my son and I told my grandma, hey, I'm coming in October. I bought the tickets and I'll be there. You just wait for me. And she died. So I came over for, she never seen my granddaughter. She want, I mean, my daughter, she want to see her. So she just, you know, I think she just relaxed knowing that, oh, I'm coming. So I'm go ahead and die. <laughs> and that's what she did because I mean, I missed her just by a few days. And that's Aww. probably the worst regret, you know, like they like going through, but I made, I had to make a piece with that. And, you know, what can you do? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's probably the only thing in life that is not scheduled. Yeah. Exactly. So, right. you know, I mean, right. what can you do? So you, so you had your first summer there and you were working in Denali National Park, which for many of us would be like such an extraordinary experience because of the natural beauty there. Was it after that experience that you decided to stay? How is it that you decided to stay in the U.S. after that? Well, I came as a student exchange and um, I met the person actually through before I even came over here. Uh, we had some kind of, rela not relationship, but we were good friends. You know, my, my that's my ex-husband. So the only way I could really stay if I would get married to him. Mm -hmm. And I did. And we've been married for six and a half years and I had two kids together. So it wasn't anything like, okay married and then divorce you know it was a long relationship it just didn't work out unfortunately we probably would be better friends than married mm -hmm. just you know we were different but you gotta do what you gotta do and we talked about it because if i would leave i would never come back and he said well you want to stay with my marriage and we had a beautiful marriage and we have beautiful children together you know and uh, i loved his family they loved me we, it just didn't work out you know at the end mm -hmm. and, um, but that's how we decided and then here shortly my mother was able to come and she lives here now yeah oh, it worked out really well at the end you know somehow magically but i had to grow up pretty fast you know, because here 20, I'm here getting married before I'm 21. Mm. And then I'm pregnant for the next three, four years because I'm pregnant with my daughter, breastfeeding, pregnant with my son, breastfeeding, you know, and uh, not knowing any English. And uh, I was able to open uh, my own daycare center because uh, it just made sense if I would go work somewhere else and make money and then pay somebody else to watch my kids, right? Or I opened my own daycare center and do something about it. So I did. I opened my own daycare center. I got my citizenship when I was pregnant by my son. As soon as I got my citizenship, I went back to school. So I got my degree uh, right away. Like I was on the dean list just because I was so ready to be with adults. And, you know, so I got my degree 
And then from that point, I start, I went to accounting career because that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to be with, I wanted to be with adults, you know? Mm -hmm. And then unfortunately I got divorced, which it it, it just, I knew it's going to happen. We just not compatible. It just, he never grew up and, you know, we should, we should stay really good friends and we just, he just never grew up, but we outgrow our marriage. But at the end, you know, I met my husband who I married for 15 years now. And, um, you know, it, it, it is what it is for people that moving to different country. It's not going to be easy. Would it be interesting? hundred percent would be interesting. Would it be bad? Like you could make it hard and you could have a victim mentality entire time. And, oh my God, I left everything behind. Oh, you know, you know what you're doing when you go to different country. Mm-hmm. Last time I went to Russia, I was pregnant with my son. He's 20 right now. It's been 21, 22 years ago. That was the last time I went to Russia. Do I want to go in Russia again? No, I don't want to go to Russia right now. Because with all political things going on right now, I don't feel safe. I don't want my kids to go there. I don't want to do anything with that right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that do go to Russia. Power to them. I don't want to go. I'm just afraid. I went to volunteer when war started with Ukraine. I actually went to Poland because that's how I I don't, I am not on the same page with Russia. And when people ask me, I I telling everybody that I am Alaskan more than anything else right now, because I lived in Alaska longer than I lived in Russia. Mm -hmm. I was born in Russia, but I'm Alaskan. Mm -hmm. And, um, but everybody, like I spoke to my husband yesterday because everybody wanted to know are oh, you Russian? Where are you at? Where are you standing? What? So there is a people like, there is a prejudice a little bit. Like, you know, when people are first thing they hear Russian, like they will ask questions and I will answer the questions and, you know. But you feel that your roots are more Alaskan or, or American versus Russia because it's been so long? Yeah, I'm not. Like I, uh, because I came at 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And I grew up here, I became mother here, I become a wife here, I became business owner here, I have a friends. I feel like I am American, but not like, I don't know, I'm not sure, like American girls who grew up here, I think they're a little different. It's just, I'm like, I am Russian by by birth, but I'm Alaskan by, by growing up, I guess. I don't know, just mm-hmm. I'm Alaskan girl, you know? By your experience. Yes, by my experience, I'm a Alaskan girl. You know, you came when you were young and impressionable and all these experiences influenced you. And like you said, you had to grow up very quickly. You were really on your own. You did not have a social network like so many people do have uh, when they come to another country, even if it's just friends or distant relatives. How long was it before your mom was able to join you? You, you Both your kids had been born? Um, I was pregnant with my son, so it was 2003 when he was, because she was there for the birth of my son. Okay. Yeah. And she's she's been with you ever since, or been here ever since? Not with me, because again, I'm 20-something. My mom was 20 years older than me, so she's 40, mm. young younger than me right now and i'm here thinking oh my gosh she's gonna be grandma well no my mom is not like that like no you're on your own it's your kid and you're gonna raise it and i'm gonna go ahead and have my own and i was just like first i'm like oh you know expectation like mom you're supposed to be grandma and help me and no 
So even though my mom was here, my mom had her own thing. Yeah. And she would come over and and I had to grow up on that too, because I had to learn that I it's not fair. Expect from your mothers and fathers to raise your children. I totally understand this right now because it's your decision to have a kid. You need to make sure that you raise your own children, not your grandparents. And I truly believe this right now. And my both my kids, they very independent. I'm an empty nester. I have a great relationship with my children. I had to let them go just like mom had to let me go. And I am not grandma yet, but I'm going to be the coolest grandma. Yes. When once <laughs> I'm going to have grandkids because I would want to spend some time with them actually. And my mom had to learn a little bit and she's great grandma, but we call her uh, Mila. We don't even call her grandma just because she never wants to be called like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I understand her. Imagine her coming to a new country, leaving everything behind. Mm-hmm. ass lawyer, very independent woman, mm-hmm. having career of her lifetime mm-hmm. and leaving everything behind and come over here to be closer to her daughter mm. and start from scratch and having first job working at value village where just a month ago she was a ceo of the company and only because she doesn't know any english right. my mom's story is really interesting because she here shortly after like a year being in america and she was in her 40s learning english never learning before in her 40s in the matter of months She's a becoming controller for aircraft company in Alaska. Controller. And with her broken English and nobody saying they don't understand anything. I mean, she's having them by, you know, yeah, they yeah. listening to her. <laughs> That's her, her interesting story. <laughs> her wow. story is amazing. That's impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. So if you had it to do over again, would there be looking back at your experience and even landing in Alaska versus you mentioned earlier, like, gee, I maybe should have looked at geography a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. If I would live somewhere else, I mean, who knows what my life is going to be like, I'm very happy where I am. Yeah. I am very happy. I have my husband who loves me. We travel over 44 countries. I always say my first husband was a punishment to go through and educate. <laughs> And my second one is reward. I had to grow up and I had to go through that and I had to make my peace and I had to understand where I am because I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be where I am right now without that. So, and you know, for a very long time, I had such a hatred to my ex-husband just because I was like, I was asking my question, like, why would I come over all through Russia just to be where it's this and not making enough money and go ask for donations for food or barely leaving, you know, surviving. And this my stories, like some stories are really hard. Like why, why, why? Because it was really hard. I but you know at the same time I, I understand that I had to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks. This has been a really interesting conversation and one of, I think, extraordinary bravery, resilience. And I love, I love your attitude. You did what you had to do. And you, you know, at one point you started the childcare business because that's what you could do. You worked at Sears because that's what you could do. And, you know, everything you seem to be a stepping stone to get you to the next place where you knew you wanted to be. And, it worked out just beautifully for you. Yeah. And it's never ending now. It's like, you know, being your location. And I, um, 
used to be full-time accountant, financial analyst, but then my son got sick. So I had to step back a little bit and uh, I did not want to do accounting for a while, though I've been self-employed and running the businesses for last few years, helping my husband. Um, but now it's against a new challenge because now after five years or so, I am going into somewhere where I could start over career again and have my job. And, you know, so who knows where I'm going to be in the next five years, but that's the beauty of it. It's just, it's never finished. It's just always something next step evolving. And, you know, like you said, stepping stone and I just don't know where I'm going to be, but as long as anybody excited and just see the positivity out of it, there's something good about so like i just know i i know there's something great out there and even though i don't have a job yet because i just moved i i already keep telling everybody you know what my job is already created somewhere and it's already waiting for me we just need to connect here shortly and but it's already like looking for me i'm looking for it <laughs> that is a fabulous perspective i'm gonna follow that one <laughs> it's there i mean we just we just need to connect <laughs> well thanks very much for your time Aviria. listeners hopefully you enjoyed today's episode and if so please like us share us post on social media tell your friends and if you have any questions comments or suggestions you can reach me at the healthability project at gmail.com we'll see you next week Thanks for joining us today at the HealthAbility Project. We'd love to hear from you, so please email us your questions, comments, or suggestions, including future guests, to thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. And please like us, subscribe, and share us with your friends. <laughs>